Good morning, everybody. Welcome to those who are joining us at home as well. Uh, if we've not had a chance to meet, my name is Mike, and we're glad that you're here with us today, either in the house or online. Today, if you would like, uh, we'd love to know uh, where you are uh, joining us from. You can do that at cchmd.com connect, and you'll find the connection card there. You can fill out all the information there for us, or you can uh, text the word NEW to 240-347-0897. We are glad that you uh, are joining us from wherever you are joining us today. If you want to follow along on today's sermon notes, uh, you can do so in the YouVersion Bible app. You can find the Church of Christ at Hagerstown. And uh, today's sermon is following in my father's footprint. Footsteps or footprints, foot, following my father's feet. There's some fathers and foot, and it's, it's that one. It's the only one that's going to be that long, because most of my sermon titles here recently have been like three words, and this is like a whole sentence. So find that one, and you can follow along with today's message. Um, uh, we are, uh, th- this week, uh, I-, I became an uncle again. Uh, this time, I, an actual, I, I, I have a niece now. I have a whole bunch of nephews all over the country, and uh, we have a niece now, and uh, they are doing great, and we had Nana and Papa here with us this week, and they're going to go home and rest up for a little bit, and then they're going to head out and, and check out the new grandbaby. And so mom and baby are doing great, and uh, we pray for mom and dad as they head back home uh, today. And then this week, my mom gets to come in. So we, we have like all the grandparents coming in uh, all at once, and so it's going to be kind of fun for us uh, getting to see the boys play some baseball in uh, some really warm weather, and so <laughs> hopefully it cools down just a little bit. But if not, my mom likes the heat stick. She was like, ah, yes, it's okay. And yeah, but uh, but uh, be praying for, for all the, the traveling going on in our family this week. And so before we go any further, uh, let's pause and go to God in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for today that we can celebrate in your house. Father, we can celebrate you as our Father. Uh, Father, we can uh, declare that you are our King, and you are our God, that you are great, that you are Holy that you're lifting, you invite us into relationship with you. Father, even in spite of our sin, you bore our cross in our place so that we might draw close to you. Father, we thank you that you um, took our place, that you were lifted up so that we might be made righteous as you are. Father, I pray that today as we open up your word that we can be challenged to, to take that next step, to do uh, that next uh, thing, to be more like you. Father, we thank you that you give us the privilege to call you Father. Come before you in prayer. To have these moments where we can meet with you. Father, would your word speak to our heart today and change us so as we leave here today, we can begin to help change the world around us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In my senior year of college, I was given the privilege of speaking in chapel. Uh, and uh, I could speak on any topic, any text that I wanted to speak on. And uh, they, they gave me a list of dates, and I got to choose which date that was good for me. And uh, we signed up, and I did that, and um, I preached on the text that we are going to look at today. You might think, hey, you've been living with that text for over 20 years. It, it, you should have it pretty well mastered by now. And as you'll see later on, it's one of those texts that you just never quite get. It's one that just keeps working on you, and you've got to keep working on it because it doesn't, uh, this that we're talking about today, it it does not come easily. Uh, And thinking about the text back then, thinking about the text now, these last few weeks, this question always comes to mind. What child doesn't want to be like their parent. 
I mean, most children want to be like their parents somehow. I remember my dad, uh, he was a, an aeronautical engineer. And so every day growing up, he would uh, put on uh, dress slacks and uh, wingtip shoes and an Oxford cloth shirt and a tie. Uh, and sometimes if he had a really important meeting, he'd put on a jacket or a suit as, as well. And so um, he, w- w- would, he did a lot of military contracts. So when the Navy was coming to town, he had to get super dressed up. And so I remember as a young child, uh, we, we would always use the, the shower in my parents' bathroom because it was the better shower. And so we'd put all of our clothes in the ham- clothes hamper in mom and dad's closet. And I remember trying to put on put my dad's shoes and walk around in his wingtips. And as a young child, th- th- those shoes were heavy and they would clip, clop, clip, clop. And, and then over the years, those shoes began to fit a little bit better, right? Yeah. And, and then eventually my feet passed my dad's and then they eventually no longer fit my feet. But what child doesn't want to grow up to be like their dads. Like, you know, wear dad's shoes, root for dad's teams, do the th- same things that their mom or dad do. There's this, uh, this last winter, we went on a snow hike uh, because somebody thought that was going to be a fun idea. And, uh, and so we went out to this place out by, um, oh, it's written down in my notes here. I better go back. And <laughs> I know the name. I know the place, but I can't think of it. Uh, Mercersburg. I mean, it starts with an M, and all I can think of is Mooresville, and that's in North Carolina. Mercersburg, that by Mercersburg, and we were there in this, there's this field, and the, the snow drifts were huge, and we're trying to go from one side of the field to the other, and, and then you, you have Josiah, and, and bless him, he's got his mama's legs, and so he's got these short little legs, and we're trying to go over these snow drifts, and he's like, Dad, I can't do it, and it's like, well, you have two options, we can leave you behind, or how about you walk behind me and step in my footprints, and he was, and it made things just a little bit easier. Getting, and he's like swinging that leg up and over and trying to, and he made it, we made it across the field. I remember growing up, we'd go to the beach for vacation. And sometimes we'd take walks on, on the beach and, 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 you know, I'd walk behind my mom or my dad and I'd try to get my feet into their footprints. When you're small, that's a, that can be a pretty big reach, Right. But then eventually, like I said, you, you, those steps get a little bit closer together. There's, I just remember trying to stretch to get to my dad's footprints. And how often do we uh, want to imitate our heavenly father? Not just our earthly fathers, not just our, our earthly people around us, but how often do we want to, uh, to, to emulate those who are around us. We've all been there before. Maybe it's in life with our parents. Maybe it's at work. Uh, and this is you know, kind of the process of, of mentorship, the process of discipleship uh, kind of goes like this. It's like, I do, you watch, right? Because at one point, we don't know what to do. And so the person says, hey, I'm going to do it, and you watch me do it. You just kind of sit, and you're just kind of along for the ride. And then it's, hey, I do, and you help. You know, and you, you know I, I, I do it, and you're going to come alongside me, and you're going to do some parts, and and then eventually it's, it's you're going to do it, and then I'm going to help. And then you do, I watch. That's kind of what the process is of, of mowing the grass at our house these days. Uh, um, it used to be I did it, and Jaden watched, and then now it's I do it, and he helps. He does the backyard, and eventually maybe he'll do more, and then I'll just help him. And then, then at some point I'll just sit back and drink sweet tea and watch him do it all. <clears throat> But we learn by watching, don't we? We initially learn by watching someone do this, and then we go, okay, maybe I can, I can do that. Maybe I can do that. 
and, and then, then we try out and we, we learn a few more things and we do, and it's not fully transferred until we can do it ourselves. And often we find ourselves, uh, find, find ourselves doing things exactly the way we're taught. Even if there might be some, some newer, easier, better way of doing it, we still do it the same way we were taught because that's the way we were taught how to do it. The same is true spiritually. We see people following the teachings of, of certain authors or speakers or teachers, and sometimes they do so without even considering whether their teaching is, is valid or a true view of Scripture. And we're told in Scripture to test and to see if, if the teaching, to test and see if things are right, if the teaching is accurate. And so, you know, don't just take my word for it. I, I, I pray that you would go home and you would go, hey, is this something that I find true? And if it's not, maybe maybe you challenge, question me, say, hey, maybe did you say that the right way? Was that intended? You know, and we can have this conversation because, believe it or not, even though I sit in the seat that I sit in, I get the the privilege of preaching on a weekly basis, I don't have it all figured out. I too am still in process. When we don't challenge, we don't view, test to see if uh, scripture, the, the teaching is accurate, this is how we end up with different Eastern influences into our Christianity. This is how we have, uh, how uh, different faiths have intermingled their way into Christianity and how we get different cults and different Christian groups that have a misguided belief on certain doctrines. Who we imitate matters. Our life will reflect those we choose to imitate. Our life will reflect those we choose to imitate. If we follow someone who's going down the wrong path, then we're going to go down the wrong path as well. If we follow someone uh, who, is, who is doing something the wrong way, they can lead us in the wrong direction. We can develop habits that can be difficult to break and keep us from having, and, and by doing this, we have, it will keep us from having to unlearn things so that we can learn the right things and move in, the, in a forward direction. So let's make a good choice from the beginning. Let's, let's begin in a good place, just as Paul encourages the Ephesians to do in Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 7. As we've talked about here in recent weeks, but Paul has, is writing this letter and he's, he's written about, you know, the first part was all about their identity. Here's this new identity that you, that you have, uh, have stepped into, that you've, you've had, and, and you just remind them of those key things of where they be, came from and where they are going. And then he says, because of our new identity, there are certain behaviors, there's a certain lifestyle, there's certain things that ought to be present in our life because of this new identity. And how we grow and how we develop ought to be uh, significantly different. What we do now, that we, what do we do now, now that we become part of God's family, that we're saved by grace, that we're marked by the Holy Spirit. Books, books, and books have been written, and Paul's trying to give them some baby steps. Hey, here is, is a small thing. Here's something that you can do today. Here's this next small step that you can do after that. He tries to give them this big picture of ideas of where to start from until you can get back to them and help them develop further and w- on what it's like to imitate God. That's what Paul writes. He says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. 
nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater. This person has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Paul just kind of comes out and just lays it all out there, right? I mean, the first thing out of the book says, you know, be imitators of God, or, or maybe in the, in the new, as it says in, in the uh, newest version of the NIV, follow God's example. I mean, ha, that, 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 that is a, that, that first step is a pretty, is a doozy, isn't it? It's like, hey, 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 why don't you first follow their, you know, their footsteps and then follow their footsteps, and eventually down the line you'll get to God's. No, 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 no. He's just like, hey, follow God's example. That, that, that word, example, the word be imitators, that word is where we get our word for mimic. And it isn't funny when you have babies, they, 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 they will begin to try to mimic your facial expressions. They begin to, 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 to mimic your actions. There are, there are comics who make a living mimicking voices and mannerism, mannerisms of certain celebrities. Uh, one of my favorites is a, a guy named uh, Frank Caliendo. I mean, he, he, he will have running conversations of many of the recent presidents from, from Bill Clinton to Donald Trump. And it's funny because he'll just like have this conversation amongst himself and he switches between the voices like seamlessly. And it's usually pretty funny. He also uh, does uh, uh, different sports commentaries. His, his, his most famous one is John Madden. And uh, he, you know, how John Madden would just kind of just talk about football things in random ways. And he would just kind of just ramble things along just like John Madden does. Or he does a, a pretty good Charles Barkley and, uh, and Bill, Whit, uh, Bill Walton uh, it, for those who uh, enjoy NBA and college basketball. Uh, he, he, does, uh, his, he also does different actors like Jeff Goldblum and, and my personal favorite, Morgan Freeman. Uh, he, he will narrate his life uh, as Morgan Freeman sometimes on, on his Instagram page. And it's pretty funny to, to, to see him do that. And they, 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 he begins to mimic their facial expressions and their voices and, and, and these certain things. But he, in mimicking them, he doesn't actually become them. Even if you were to put on makeup and, and, and change the way he looks, uh, he never fully becomes this other person. But he has this ability to copy their voices in an uncanny and completely hysterical manner. Sometimes actors, though, they will portray a part. They will examine someone's life and they say, hey, you're going to play this person's role. We're going to make a life a movie about this person's life and you're going to play their character. And so they will watch hours and hours of film and do all this kind of study. And they'll try to get their mannerisms right and their voice right and their look just right. Kind of like a, a Jamie Foxx when he played uh, uh, Ray Charles or, or Joaquin Phoenix when he did uh, Johnny Cash. And then there's just part, as you watch them, you, you, you know, you're like, you're, I, I know that's not them, but, but man, they sure do look and sound a lot like them. And there's part of it that Paul says, we need to imitate God. And he wants us to imitate God, not just for a part, not just for a laugh, not just as part of a cast of a show, but he wants us to imitate God with our life. That it's not just a momentary thing, not just a, a brief thing, but, but, uh, but, but a, a lifelong 
event, a lifelong thing that we take on. Caliendo, like I said, does not become who he imitates. Paul is calling us to become like our Heavenly Father because we are his dearly loved children. We're part of God's family. He, while we were sinners, we were far from him, but he invites us into relationship with him. He invites us to be like him and, and be, be his child. And what child doesn't want to be like their father? And, and Paul says, we need to be like our father. We need to imitate him in every way possible. But we talked about last week that Paul was giving us guardrails to guide our growth. Uses these guardrails to, to help us navigate difficult sections of our life, places where maybe we've slipped and fallen in the past, places that, we, uh, that, that might be for us now. And then he says, hey, if we use these guardrails to guide ourselves through this path, we can get our way to growth. So it makes it easier for us to imitate God. So here's some things not to do. Because we have all these options in, in life. And, and, and it seems as, as, as time goes by, more and more options become available to us. And we are struck by this thing that sociologists have called analysis paralysis. And all of a sudden, we have all these options. And we're like, we some, I mean, options are good. We'd rather not be forced into something. But sometimes, too many options. We're like, what do I choose? What do I choose? You know, and when we, it's easy to choose between the good thing and the bad thing. Sometimes it makes it difficult to make a choice between so many good choices and what is best for us. You, it, you truly can have too much of a good thing. So Paul says, hey, imitate, imitate God. Imitate your Heavenly Father. Be like Jesus. And so the best way to do that is to walk in the way of love, to live a life of love. That, that, that word live in, in, in some translations is the, literally the word walk. It means to walk around. So I mean, as you walk around in your life, as you move in your, as you live your daily life, live a life of love. So if someone was to do a movie, there was to do a show of your life, hey, we're going to make this film about you, would the character have to learn to love like you loved others? Would they have to learn to love like, you know, if, you're, if, you're live, if you live a life that you live, love others like Jesus, will they have to learn to love others like Jesus to play the part that you, uh, of your life in the movie on your life? You know, some, of them, when we, when some of those guys, you might hear this, live a life of love, like, oh, that kind of feels gushy. Like, we're, we're going to have to play some part in a romantic comedy. Like, oh, it's all about this love thing. But then when you see what Jesus did to show his love for us, that he gave himself as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Well, there's nothing gushy about that. There's nothing soft. There's nothing mushy. This is, I mean, there's, I, mean I, mean, I think there's been several different movies and, and portrayals where, where we see the, 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 the crucifixion event not as, we, we see it in like a very action-adventure kind of way. It's, it is a full it is a, a, a violent scene. It is a destructive scene. It is a, a, a scene of, of passion. It's, it's, there's, there's, uh, it's very, can be very, very gritty. Sometimes when we hear this, oh, we need to love like Jesus, we begin to think it's a chick flick. And really, to love others like Jesus is amongst the hardest things 
for any of us to do? Are we willing to get our hands dirty? Are we willing to go to those lengths so that we can love others like Jesus? He gave himself as an offering, as a sacrifice to God. He laid his life down. He gave himself fully. Why? So we could be fully restored back to God. Sometimes I think we focus so much on grace that we forget the lengths that Jesus had to go to, the lengths that our sin pushed us away from, the, 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 the depth and the uh, uh, hurt that our sin caused. Because it's so easy just to erase it by saying, oh, Jesus loves me. God's grace is sufficient. And while those things are true, the price that was paid for grace to be available was great. While salvation is free to us, salvation did not come freely. See, none of these behaviors that Paul talked about, has talked about in, in, in these recent verses, none of them, if, even if we did them all perfectly, none of those by themselves will save us. Along the way, somewhere, sin will find its way in. We can't possibly do enough things to no longer need a Savior. And so Jesus laid down his life. And that's why we, 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 we can try to imitate God all we want. But the daily battles with sin, some are won and some are lost. But only through the blood of Jesus do we have hope. And only through the presence of the Holy Spirit can we at all be imitators of God. And so this is our heart's desire. If this is our hearts, if these are things that we want to be true in our life, Paul goes on and he says, hey, you must not have even a hint of any kind of immorality or impurity or greed. In fact, all those who do these, all these things are improper for God's people. So we think through our life, do we have impurity of any kind? Do we have greed? Do we have immorality? Are there things in our life that are like, those things ought not be present? Because those things are not proper for God's people. And, 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 and like I said, we've said in weeks past, we are all in process. So there's none of this is by going, hey, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Hey, we're all in process somewhere. There are, days when we, there are some days when we get it more right than others, and there are probably some days when we get it more wrong than others. But we're all in this process of grace and development together. But there's a lot to think through when we think through how do we challenge sin in our life and the lives of those around us. And the first question that always comes to my mind is by whose standard are we judging? All right? Because, because depending on whose standard we're using to judge, some things become passable, right? I mean, just watch TV and movies. Uh, there, there, there are things on TV shown during the family TV hour now that would have been unthinkable to be on TV when I was growing up. And even more so than when some of you, some of the others of you who were growing up, you might go, man, they, they said that word, they talked about that thing, that person came out dressed like that. Whose standard are we judging? And if we truly want the best and most correct standard, we use not our standard the standard of our neighbor, or even the standard of the, of the holiest person we know of here on earth, we use God's standard. That can be a pretty hard standard to live up to. But if we want to be imitators of God, 
I can't follow Jeremiah's standard or Mark's standard or Joyce's standard. I've got to follow God's standard. Only by following his standard can I fully imitate him. So whose standard are we going to judge by? Whose standard are we going to use and lift up? If we're to be imitators of God, we need to use Scripture. We need to use God's Word as our standard. God's original plan was not, wasn't even always followed in Scripture. was for marriage between one man and one woman for a lifetime. That monogamy was God's idea for marriage. There should be a lifelong bond between two individuals. And while there were accommodations provided for divorce, it didn't mean that they had to be used. And we see that throughout Scripture. And we've seen that even in our life as well. That reconciliation is always the goal. It's always the goal of Christianity. That's why it's at the very heart of our faith. That the very heart of our faith is God reconciling us back to himself. And then us going and helping others be reconciled back to God as well. Reconciliation is at the heart of our faith. Also, there should be impurity, there should be any greed. In fact, later on, he calls these people idolaters. Not in that verse, in some place else. In that section that I didn't put up there. He calls them idolaters. And we see, we, we have this view in our mind of idolaters from the Old Testament that people are bowing down to statues. And, and if say, we, we walked into someone's house and they were bowing down to a statue of somebody, we'd go, that looks funny, right? Because that's not really how we do things these days but it doesn't make us idolaters any less. We've just changed our gods. We've just changed what our gods look like. We've changed how, we've, uh, how we bow down to them. We change how we worship them. Gods of money, power, sex, influence, possessions. All these things can become gods in our life and we can, we can, we can begin to worship them in such a way that they become our idols. They become uh, the, the things that we Worship instead of God alone. We, the gods of politics, personal choice, position, pursuit of money, possessions, or fame. What's our gods? Who are we worshiping and how do we worship? How have we elevated them even above our worship of God? So another way, nobody can imitate God is, is through our Words, through our words. He says that no obscenity or foolish talk, of course, joking should come out of our mouth. They're out of place. Our words may be filled with thanksgiving. He goes on to say that, that, that he goes, let no one deceive you with empty words. Sometimes it's the words we say. Sometimes it's the words we believe. Sometimes the, maybe we're saying, maybe even the words that we're saying are deceitful. Maybe they're empty uh, maybe they are, are leading others away from Jesus. That's why we need to test what we see and hear in Scripture before we share that with others. Make sure we have uh, our, our, our things correctly. I don't know about you, but as I read these words this week, as we're as I, you know, putting the uh, final touches on this, these, these, these are, are things that I am often guilty of. My mouth can run really fast, faster than the filter in my mind. And sometimes words come out that I don't want to come out. And just like toothpaste out of the tube, yeah, you can't put it back in, right? If somebody's like, man, I put too much toothpaste on that toothbrush, and put a little more right, 
Sometimes we say words like, oh, I want those words back. They came out backwards. Came out wrong. That's not really what I meant. Sometimes we need to slow our mind down, slow our mouth down, so that we can make sure that we are saying words of thanksgiving and and building others up in encouragement. It doesn't mean we don't speak hard words. It doesn't mean we speak wor- we, we, we avoid words that are going to hurt someone's feelings because sometimes we need to tell the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts, but sometimes we need to make sure that we, as we package that truth, we package it with enough love so that we don't just bully or beat someone down. We are helping build them up in that same process. It's foolish words, empty words, leave opportunities on the table where meaningful conversations could be had. How often have we left conversations where we could have had a meaningful word? We left that, did you see the game last night? Did you see that movie? Did you see that show? Have you heard that new song? Did you hear this bit of celebrity gossip? And too often we utter empty words. And we have the opportunity to truly build someone up and encourage someone to imitate Jesus. Words of kindness and compassion. Words of thanksgiving that point others to Jesus. See, our life, our life will reflect those we choose to imitate. Who we choose to imitate will determine whether we, have a, we live a full life or an empty life. A life that is rewarded or a life that receives the wrath of God. And I saw that. That the empty, deceitful words bring about God's wrath. How often have we been guilty of that? Our life will reflect those we choose to imitate. And Paul says about those who choose not to imitate Jesus, he says, do not be partners with them. Do not be partners with them. The, the, the focus is on uh, that is to, to, to do not share, do not, do not participate, do not be with them, do, do, not, not, do not be around them because the less we're around them, the less influence we have on them. But we need to be around them in such a way that we can help them participate and share in the life of Jesus. To share in the life, to, to help them to, to help them imitate Jesus more than them helping us to not imitate Jesus. We need to be close enough to have influence on them without their influence pulling us away from God. Paul says, the imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself as a fragrant offering, sacrifice to God. Maybe today, Maybe today you need to accept that offer of grace. Maybe today you need to, to choose him as your savior. Maybe today you need to, to, to become a greater imitator of God. Whatever decision you have today, we want to celebrate with you. If, you want, if you're choosing Jesus for the very first time, we want to celebrate with you. And you can let us know of your decision today at cchmd.com connect. And there on the connection card, you can go down and there's a box that says, become a Christian. If you mark that box, we'll follow up with you. We want to help you as you begin your faith journey. You can also let us know by texting the word life uh, or new. No, actually, uh, oh, 
I need to change that because I changed that, that slide, David, and it didn't put life there. Uh, change the word to, you can text life to 240-347-0897. Their life will reflect those we choose to imitate. Our life will reflect those we choose to imitate. May we imitate the author of life. May we imitate Jesus as we show his love to the world around us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for today and the life that you've given us, this opportunity you've given us to, to be here, to be among your people, to love other, to, to learn to, to love others well. Father, would you help us in our pursuit of you to make much of you. Father, we will not always get it right. There are days and times when we will still fail. But Father, I pray that you'd help us to daily follow the guardrails that you've put up for us. Father, we would pursue you, that we would become imitators of you so the world around us will see how much you love them and hear of your love for them. Father, we thank you that you've called us your children. You have made us your own, that you've brought us into your family. Father, I thank you that you have not left us alone, that you've not left us on the outside looking in, but have welcomed us and have reconciled us to yourself. Father, may we go today, may we leave this place today pointing others to know you through our words, through our actions, that you may be glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray.